The Breakdown Politics With Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies Telling you what you need to know regarding politics Breaking it down Politics And do you see what I see? I do. It's another episode of Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies bringing to you the news you need to know before you lose and have to go. Politrix with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. Tonight, we have the sensationalist Sin Sin and Odie. <laughs> What's that? <laughs> Along with Mercer Prescott, the leader of this motherfucking thing we call Politics, Mercer, do your mother beep thing. Now, why you say beep? You already cursed. I know, I know, I know. That's what I was saying. Like, who are you censoring for? And why? <laughs> we also got Odie in the house. Hey, Odie. Hey, guys. And uh, of course, you know, we heard from our uh, our showrunner slash producer, Blue. And uh, we're going to go ahead and get started. We got a lot to talk about. And uh, yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll start with some, well, it's all funny depending on who you are, <laughs> but we'll start with some of the funny stuff because this dude in Utah decided to go, uh, I don't know if he thought he was Hawkeye, I don't know if he thought that he was on Walking Dead, <laughs> but um, he basically uh, got out of his car because he was mad because protesters were blocking the streets, right? Yeah, people do get pissed off at that. My niece got pissed off at protesters in Atlanta, but then again, she's a nurse. She would work for 12 hours. She just wanted to go home, you know? She wanted to go home to her kids. So I can understand the anger sometimes, but this dude took it a little bit too far, pulled out a bow and arrow. And here's the thing. Have you guys seen the video of this? I have, I have. In, in blue yeah. on the right-hand side. I, did, I think that dude got shot with an arrow. Mm, no, I didn't. I don't remember seeing anybody got get shot. With I the think arrows, he failed. That dude failed. Okay. Yeah, I, I think, he thought, think he tripped over the end of that trailer right there. I don't. We think really don't make we don't make references to the video because you know it's really a podcast and they're not seeing the video. This is just for the YouTube listeners. So yeah, don't ever look. Don't ever look like like you're looking at it. Just make reference to it, but don't like not like you're looking at it. You know. What okay. I'm okay. Well, everybody well, don't see he, it. You know, most of it get it visually. I took it as him asking us, like, have we seen the video? Yeah. So there's okay, a guy okay, I got you. I got you. I got you. I got you. But now, yeah, that guy I, did get shot in his backbone. He's now paralyzed from the waist down. Are you serious? I just be, I just be talking shit. Oh, God. <laughs> you need to start a recording on it. Because I was trying to find out if, someone, if he actually shot someone. Because... I think after he he let one of those arrows fly, that's when the uh, that's when the group just turned on him and they uh, they beat the stuff. And I think one dude tried to hit him with a skateboard. Well, if you, you notice, know? when everybody jumps on him, that guy that fell was one of the guys that was punching on him. Was he? he got okay. Up. Yeah, All okay. right. So so he probably just fell. I'm just glad that no one really got hit with an arrow because I, I mean, just thought, yeah, that that was cause, because you just saw like a swarm of people like just all decide to whoop his ass. Everybody came together and said, you deserve this ass whooping. You deserve it. Well, did you guys see the after interview when one of a reporter interviewed him? Yes. He told, he told like eight lies. 
basically. <laughs> <laughs> two black guys jump me. That, yeah. But that's the thing. Like that's what they always. That's the antagonizers go to is the black guy did it. The black guys did it. He also um, told the reporter that he grabbed his arrow after they jumped on him. Right. <laughs> In self defense, he said, "I only grabbed my weapons after they hit yeah. me." You liar! But that that blows my mind. It's like, did y'all forget that people are videotaping this? Or because I'm 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 legitimately not a person who lies. So, and if I say like if I say I don't remember something, I really don't recall. I'll stick with that versus just making some shit up and that's what really blows me it's like y'all really just making shit up out here like we didn't see the tape or see the pictures and i i just don't have like i'm not built to lie like that so when people lie i always want to get in their mind and be like why did you lie like did you know at that moment you were lying is that how you remember it happening like like why did you come up with the story but the truth of the matter is we know why he said two black guys because he could have easily said two white guys or several white people because it was a lot or, of white people. Or just, or, or just two people. He didn't have to put any color to them. Just like, yeah, I got jumped by two guys. But he specifically pegged them as African-Americans. Right. You know, he, he thought he was big game hunting. And uh, yeah. And then the worst part was for him, that is, for him, they, they set his car on fire. So they um and the funny part oh, was and his the, face was fucked up. His face was all the way fucked up. Yeah, they they beat the stuff inside of him, and and the, they were they were interviewing him, and he and the guy asked was his car damn said, well the car's over there on fire. So yeah, it's totaled. <laughs> and then he and then he lost his phone. I think his phone was in the car. So then he said he's like I couldn't even call for a ride. And then the the reporter didn't even offer him a ride. He was like, well you should go to the hospital. He's like I can't. He's like I can't. He's like I'm on unemployment. And I was just like. No, he said he didn't have insurance. He did say he didn't have employment, but he also said he didn't have insurance. <laughs> so if he don't have insurance, why is he it out there in the better streets? Better and better and better. Why are you out there in the streets uh, instigating fights if you don't have any insurance? Anyways, all that red you see on the guy's face in the video or the picture, whatever you happen to be looking at when you look at it online, isn't even blood. It's makeup. Mm. Nah. That swelling says that he, he was fucked up. But I do know this much. Um, we can see that he's being arrested in the picture. So, yeah, for agitation. For yeah. uh, um, uh, an illegal and, weapon or harboring a weapon of some sort to do harm. He brought, but they, but, but he brought that a bone arrow is, to an ass whooping. But I think that cop is in on it too. Maybe a different kind of crisis actor. These motherfuckers, it's just, we just, we're in some kind of movie. It's like the biggest blockbuster ever, you dig? So basically, you think we're uh, what was what's my man named Jim Carrey, Truman Show? That was a great movie. I want to see that again. <laughs> you know what? I I don't think they're that smart to, to really do something like that. I th I think they're dumb. Dude, I see examples of crisis actors over the last six or four, six but or you know, seven the years. The funny thing is, though, I I kind of what's weird is like we've seen people actually die like so i don't understand why there's even a need for crisis actors because there is a real crisis so the whole point of crisis actors and i could never understand why uh, especially right-wing people would say that uh, about mass shootings but i think that they've been doing it longer um i'm not 
you know what I mean? Like, I think that they, they originated it. And so it's like, well, we use crisis actors. So we know that you are, and you're doing it to push your agenda, just like we do it to push ours, except our agenda is better. Like, I think that's how they really rationalize it and justify what they're doing. Um, but yeah, crisis actors are a thing. In this case, I don't think it was, but I do like, cause that, that asshole was too real, unless he's like some sort of stuntman. <laughs> And he's trained to take weapons like that. I don't see anybody setting themselves up like that. Dude, I, I've seen pro wrestlers with less blood on them. I, 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 yeah. I will, we I, all know wrestling fake, though. Yeah, <laughs> but, but they do blame the No, yeah, that's perfectly fine. But I, I, I will say this, though. Uh, the fact that they said his car on fire was just kind of like... It's like he asked a question, oh, I'm getting my ass beat by like 15 people. How can this be any worse than it is now? <laughs> and then he has to explain the insurance company it. that his car is on fire. And because. then they flipped it. That was like, they flipped the car. I was like, you guys really are just giving him the ultimate ass whooping. Him and his property. But the thing is, like these people, they, they have these fantasies of, you know, when there's a riot, what they're going to do, they're going to come out and, you know, just, I mean, why would you bring a bow and arrow to a riot? How many people do you think you're going to shoot with a bow and arrow before they swarm you? I mean, case in point, how many people do you think you could shoot before you get swarmed by like 20 protesters and they beat the stuff out of you? Maybe he's a profession was a professional archery or something. I don't know. He, was, he wasn't a very good one. <laughs> That's probably why he's unemployed. <laughs> oh, man. But I, I, I will say this. Uh, that motherfucker ain't unemployed. Unemployed. He's an actor. <laughs> if, if if he's a crisis actor, he's the world's shittiest crisis actor. He, because if, you said if he is a crisis actor, if then he isn't. Ah, I get it. You know what I'm saying? You get it? <laughs> now we we don't do that Alex Jones stuff around here. Like every time something happens, Alex Jones is like, "Well, they're just crisis actors," and he just ruins and. You know, Dude, we call it like we see it, and I'm telling you, this motherfucker is a crisis act. Do you think this shit was legit? Is he crazy? We never saw his car, or did you? I didn't. Yeah, it was like yeah, a, we did, and there's too many people to be in on it. If it was yeah. like a one-on-one -on -one encounter, fine, I would buy that. But all the people did not all of a sudden get on the same page to whoop his ass. Yeah, they it came out like nowhere. He got jumped. He got jumped. If we saw it. He wasn't if, ready for that. If he was a crisis actor, he would know he's being taped. He wouldn't lie to a reporter. Yeah, he lied. Right. He told like eight different stories in, in like three sentences. And none of them made any sense. <laughs> he, <laughs> he was just like... Yeah, actors have a script. They stick to the script. Yeah. They want no script for that. Right. I was convinced that he got hit so hard on the side of the head. He, he forgot what happened. <laughs> Oh, he was dizzy. He just caught a little concussion there. He'll be, he'll be fine. Yeah, I've seen some other situations where I really feel like they are crisis actors. Um, I'm not sure if, uh, if this is part of it today, but had, did you guys see the big ordeal about the black guy who was blocking off and protecting the police officer or whatever? I don't know. I can't remember what it was, but a lot of people believe that he was either an undercover cop or a crisis actor. Now, here, here's my thing. That's crazy. I've seen that footage and I never got there, but I did feel like it was yeah. somewhat orchestrated. Yeah. I almost said something. I was, oh, I'm, sorry. I'm so bad. Yeah, I, I just said.
I think the black guy that was protecting the police officer was definitely orchestrated. This guy right here with the black blue eye and the blood, I think that was real. And, and let's be honest, like, would a cop really hug a black person like that? It's like three, <laughs> three or four of them hugged them. Like, they, they always in on it. I think it was like a commercial for some less love t- type shit. You know what, you know what I'm saying? I'll, I'll, put it, I'll put it like this. I, I saw a story, uh, Tim Scott, who was basically the only black uh, Republican in, uh, in the Senate. Right, he told he was telling a story about how in one year I forgot what year he said it was because I just saw the story before we started. He got pulled over by the cops seven times in one year. Now here's the thing: he's not like a state rep where you got to look him up to see who he is because you don't know who your state rep is. No, he's a senator, so almost everybody knows who their right. senator. Right, he's just one of two. Yeah, for the state. So, and you mean to tell me the cops don't know who their senators are? when they get paid by the, by, the, by the government. And you mean to tell me they pulled him over seven times because they didn't know he was just, he was a state, I mean, he was a, a, a senator. So when he told that story about how he got pulled over seven times in one year, I just kept scrolling. I'm like, you know what? You're shilling for the people that want to see you dead. And then, you, and then you're surprised. Well, I got pulled over seven times in one year. They should have pulled you over 10 times for being a jackass. Yeah. And, and my you thing, know, I, I, I've had people unfriend me lately because they, about the way I talk about the cops, but I mean, honestly, my theory is this, there's more bad cops than good cops, because if there are more good cops than bad cops, wouldn't the good cops just put the bad cops in check? You know? Well, I'm I mean, glad you wasn't being on- complacent, um, Being complacent. I'm glad you wasn't, bad. I'm glad y'all wasn't on a man's perspective last night because we interviewed a cop yeah, that could have got really, really ugly. Yeah, yeah, I, I would have gotten yelled at. <laughs> he probably would have joined my house and beat my ass. Because I'm just oh, like, look, man. All the way from Jersey. Yeah, right. Okay. Hey, man. <laughs> Rewind about- it back just a little bit uh, to, like, the photo op thing. One picture that is circulating um, is the one from, like, several years back during, like, the peak of Black Lives Matter. Mm-hmm after their their founding um and it was the it was the black boy that was hugging the white police officer and the boy is crying the policeman is hugging him but he ain't crying and my thing like it's it's being used to it's being rehashed and it's resurfaced in the midst of all of this stuff as though like black people and you know cops can have peaceful interactions mm-hmm. my, thing is, my thing is did y'all forget that, that boy was killed what the hell <laughs> <laughs> I did. but my thing is y'all know that this, this if anybody's familiar with the story outside of this and it's funny because i never i i never like seeing videos where like cops are like playing with kids in the street or playing basketball or jumping rope because i'm just like Girl, it doesn't even have to be all of that. Just stop killing people. And if you do, be accountable. That's Dude, it. you're talking like, about I'm, one time out of 25,000 no, each time. But also, but no, where I was also going with this too is the reason this photo definitely shouldn't be circulated is because this white woman killed that baby and all of his adopted siblings. And that photo was staged. Y'all don't remember that story where the white woman put them all in the car. She made sure the dog was straight. She got the dog rehomed, 
but what she did was she rolled um she put the ki- the kids in a car and killed them was this a yeah, lesbian relationship she yes. had a wife yes mm-hmm. i remember yeah. yeah she committed she killed the whole family yeah i remember she killed the whole family yeah made sure the dog was good suicidal shit. so yeah. i'm like no she's not a, she was never a social justice warrior y'all girls need to do y'all research behind these pictures that y'all are posting clearly that don't even make sense like why are we posting i can't i can't with these like it's been very exhausting a very exhausting week you know I, um, I, tomorrow we have ted talks like every once a month we're able to do like we have a lunch and learn ted talk and it's optional and I, I, oh oh do oh, your mic's going out well all right i'll take her place and so then um and then again he was like he was oh, doing what he no. was doing, you know what I'm saying? You know, she don't talk like that. Would you stop? <laughs> I mean, you know. Absolutely nothing like Odie. Uh, don't do me. Thank you. I'm back. Um, but you I like was, my impression? That wasn't a good impression? No, I mean, not at all. I'm trying to do voice acting. I'm trying to get my stuff, my, my game up. Your voice got to be heavier to me, my voice. But my voice got to be heavier. <laughs> no, not that Albert heavy, heavy. Don't do me like that either. But <laughs> my thing is, but... um. What I was just saying is I'm just trying to be responsible with tomorrow's TED Talk because y'all know I don't turn my blackness down for oh, nobody. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Hold on, hold on. Say it again. You saying that you're going to be on a TED Talk tomorrow, like no, a real no, no, TED no, Talk? No. It's a lunch and learn that we do at work and we where people show TED Talks um, or speeches or things that inspire them or get conversations, various conversations going. Um, it can be for fun. It can be more professionally driven, whatever. But the idea is that it's about, like, you pick a TED Talk. And while I was going to do the, te- the TED Talk that interviewed the Black Lives Matter founders, um, I decided to go with the Trevor Noah speech where he has this, like, stream of consciousness and he's talking about social contracts. It came out, like, in the past week or two, maybe. And so I decided to go with that mainly because it expands on Black Lives Matter but also talks about the riots and... Yo, I got the perfect TED Talk on you. I'm going to inbox you. It's about this guy. He likes, like when the people, the telemarketers be calling him, he likes talks back to them. And Somebody already them. did that one. They oh, that shit one. was so crazy. <laughs> yeah, but like now is the time to be socially responsible because my job has not been talking about this. And what's crazy is they actually just sent out a survey where they were asking us about how we're coping with COVID. Bitch, I'm over COVID. Y'all asking me about that two months later, ask me what, like, ask me about how I'm feeling right now, because I guarantee you it has nothing to do with COVID. Right. And so, and that's what I made sure I put on the survey, too. I talked about the things that are bothering me. And, and especially because it, the leadership is super tone deaf. They're just, like, I can't, like, one of the things I saw that was, um, I'm so proud of this group that I'm in. I'm in this Facebook group. I don't want to like call them out because I feel like it's a safe space. I want to keep it a safe space. Mm-hmm. But I saw them on the Facebook commercial actually as one of the groups. And I was like, oh shit, like, like we, you know, we live, we out here. And um, the thing I like about, about that group is it really is a safe space to exchange ideas. Um, but one of the 
Yo, yo, I hold just, up. What's the name of the group? Because I want to start some havoc. You know what I mean? Nope, not gonna do that. But the what I was gonna say is one of the posters posted up that it was um that one of the things that white colleagues can stop doing or off, or start doing to offer to help is giving us PTO days for racial trauma incidents because there have been plenty of times where I wish I could have taken a day or two off to decompress because I can't come up to work and smile. I can't show up to work 100%. Today was one of those Yo, days. That was me last Monday. And the crazy thing is I made productivity anyway and had to retract it. That just shows how resilient we are as a people. You dig what I'm saying? We, we carry a lot of stuff with us and that's, and it's just, it just becomes part of the new normal for us. Yeah. And a lot of people don't understand it because they're not. And I wouldn't expect some people to understand it, but I mean, nope. but, but I, I will say this, people around the world understand. I mean, put it like this. This is from, uh, from Forbes, uh, Forbes.com. In London, protesters marched through the streets of uh, Peckham Saturday, a neighborhood known for being home to generations of African and Caribbean immigrants communities uh, that is becoming rapidly gentrified, kind of like Brooklyn. Uh, protesters mm -hmm. carried signs and chanted Black Lives Matter out of solidarity with the rallies in Minneapolis and other U.S. cities, but also pointed out that the U.K. is not innocent when it comes to racism, while a smaller group also protested outside of the U.S. Embassy in London to demand justice for George Floyd. Up to a reported 4,000 people in Toronto protested racism in Canada and beyond. Uh, Saturday, oh, I'm sorry, and beyond Saturday, particularly in response to the death of, uh, and I'm, I'm going to butcher this person's name, uh, Regis uh, Korczynski Paquette, if I, I'm, I'm pretty sure I butchered that, a black woman in Toronto who fell from her high-rise apartment balcony while alone with police who had been called to her home on Wednesday. Now, and, and, and I suppose to find out more about that story, we may, I may even bring it up for Saturday. Um, thousands of Germans reportedly gathered in front of the American embassy in Berlin to chant Black Lives Matter, according to media reporting from the scene, though the words sounded muffled, possibly because of the face mask that the protesters wore. They didn't have to put that last part in there. I don't know why I even read it. But I was like, come on, Forbes. I mean, we're still in a pandemic. People have face masks on. If you yell loud enough, people will know what you're saying. So... Come on, Forbes, you're killing me. But um, I think that these go beyond just uh, George Floyd. I think George Floyd was basically just like, okay, we're halfway through this year. We got murder hornets. We got Democrats and Republicans failing, giving all the money to the top. And then we get to see a video of a man with, his, with, a, with a cop on a man's neck for nine minutes. And, they, and yeah, they fired him. But I mean, come on. I mean, put it like this. If your biggest penalty from, for, uh, for losing your job is killing someone, there'd be, a, there'd be a lot of dead people right now. If like, oh, I could just kill this person I hate on my job and all I do is get fired. All right, let me just sharpen up my resume. Get my, uh, <laughs> get my ice pick and you know, let's start that job hunt. I mean, come on. It, it's not even, it shouldn't even be a thing right now. So George Floyd has basically just destroyed or broke the camel's back. You know, because we've seen this, we've seen this story way too many times. We've seen this remake happen way too often, you know, and my thing is this, you know, anybody who, and, and here's the thing, it's easy for me to be nonchalant about it because there's no rioting in my area. I don't live in Raleigh anymore, you know, 
So I don't even know if there's a curfew in my town. Uh, you you probably would know. Uh, I actually got the city of Raleigh sent out a text and they sent out an email. I don't recall getting any other correspondence because like when it's city of Raleigh picking up my trash, they call. Or whenever there's like a, a change to the schedule with trash, they call, they call text and email. Um, but today I only got a text and I got an email and it basically said that there's a curfew uh, at eight o'clock. Now, granted, I also, I feel like I didn't get that notice until maybe 5.30, uh -huh. somewhere around there. Yeah, and, and I'm checking my emails again just in case, but I didn't get anything. I checked my emails maybe like an hour ago. And I didn't see anything about a curfew. Now, keep in mind, in my, in my small little town and with the whole pandemic thing, my supermarket is already closed. <laughs> and that's the only place I'd go right now if I could. So I'll, I, I guess I'll have to keep a little food I have until tomorrow. Don't worry, I got plenty of food. I'm just kidding. But um, it's... Uh, it's easy for me to be nonchalant because I don't live in a city where protests are actually happening. Even though I live close to one, I live, I live maybe like 15, 20 minutes outside of Raleigh, but probably less now with, since there's no traffic out there. No, I was going to say, like, I used to live in that part of Cary. It was a smooth 10 minutes. People, it was, people are so weird with Cary. They're like, ah, you live too far. I'm like, bitch, I'm 10 minutes away. It takes yeah. 20 minutes to get everywhere in Raleigh. Like, what are you talking about? I'm closer to you here than I would have been living in North Raleigh you know, compared to like downtown or something. Yeah, yeah. people are weird with Carrie. Yeah. I tell people I live in Carrie, like, la-di-da, Mr. Salad Fork. I'm like, Jesus Christ, what do you think I live in Beverly Hills? Yeah. <laughs> but um, I, I will say this, though. I, I've seen a lot of videos of bad actors, so to speak, you know. And then when we talk about actors, no, George Clooney's not out there, you know, breaking windows. Well, you know, they talk about people and their actions, they will call them actors. So they may, like, in politics, they'll say somebody's a bad actor if they're purposely doing something foul, so to speak, you know. So this is a little bit long, but I want you to bear with me on this one, okay? This is from uh, the police chief in, uh, in Pittsburgh, right? And uh, I forgot to write down where I got this from. I don't want to click on the link because I don't want to play the video. <laughs> but during a press conference, I, I think this is from a local TV station in Pittsburgh. During a press conference, Pittsburgh Police Chief Scott Schubert expressed disappointment and anger toward those that turned Saturday afternoon's protests from peaceful to violent. And he says, I can tell you as the police chief, I'm very disappointed because there was a peaceful protest for something that was very serious. And... This does nothing to honor the memory of somebody who died. Uh, this is when you take it from a peaceful protest and you take it to a riot where you're injuring people, you're throwing rocks at people, you're throwing cans at people, you're hurting reporters, you're taking over something that shouldn't be. He says, both Chief Schubert and Pittsburgh Public Safety Director Wendell uh, Hisrich expressed the belief that those responsible for taking the protest from peaceful to violent are not from the city. Because we believe a lot of these individuals that are creating trouble are not from the city. I don't know why they wrote that twice. I probably should have looked that over and deleted that line. He says, I am so angry at the fact that some segment hijacked this and then took some of the youth and brought them into the mix. Uh, this is the chief of police talking. He says, this is something that we take very seriously and we'll do everything that we can for the ones who did this and find out who they are and to get them. He says, uh, and then I'll skip a little bit of this. 
but he says, I'm willing to bet my check that there's a lot of people who are anarchists who uh, they're not here to protest what happened. They're here to take advantage of situations and throw it their way and bring other people into the mix and cause damage and cause injury. So there's no doubt that that's who's doing it. And a lot of people we're seeing are white males dressed in the anarchist Antifa gear because they're the ones who are fueling a lot of this. Okay. So there has been a lot of reports and, and some of them, and more to Odie's point, I didn't want to go ahead and just start throwing articles out there because a lot of times people will take these pictures and like I saw a picture of like a bunch of cops kneeling in the street and then they were like, mm -hmm. well, you know, cops in solidarity with the protesters. Y'all had to pass five years to keep this fire from coming up, yeah. but it's too late now. We, not, we off that. We not doing that no more. Y'all yeah, a day late and a dollar short. Yeah, I, I didn't repost it, I saved it. And I was like, I need to resource this because I, I'm not buying this whole, I think the only one that I posted without, uh, without checking, because I think, uh, I forgot where the source where it came from, was the, uh, the string of white women who were protecting protesters from the cops. I don't give a goddamn, that's what y'all should be doing. Like, what? Oh, and then I saw another one too where like the black men were, um, protecting like one cop that basically got separated from the squad we're not killing no cops you don't have to worry about him yeah no i, no, I will <laughs> say i will say one thing that i thought was pretty funny uh a cop got knocked out by a protester and that's not the funny part i know my i i know i know why i got unfriended by some of my people i didn't i don't I, I didn't repost it because the the video was kind of choppy but basically the guy was filming the cop right with his phone and the cop took the guy's phone and threw his phone and then the guy just knocks the cop out and then he runs <laughs> and then you, you see the cops like dragging the knocked out cop away but i mean as far as i know we're allowed to take the police so unless the, i mean if the police are if swat was going into a building going after a suspect yeah i don't think we want to be taping that you know <laughs> So but, one one uh, uh one organization I'm sure is very very busy, uh -huh. um, but I'm really sure I'm really curious as to how they're going to handle what is undoubtedly going to be a huge new influx of new members. Um, is Naga and that if you guys recall, like on the three sixty show, Naga? like Naga, like oh that's my Naga N A A G A Naga N A A G A. Like Naka, but with a G for girl. Yeah, like, who you my Naga? Hey, Naga, how you doing, Naga? No, not at all. And what accent is that? Um, so, <laughs> so, um, but no, the, if you guys recall, like, on the, I think it was the 360 shot, I couldn't remember the acronym for the National Association for, um, the Gun Association. Gun, yeah, Gun Association. Mm -hmm. So, um, so basically, I'm sure they're about to get new members. But my thing is, uh, one of the things that I was curious about that Raleigh PD posted um, is that, that we're not allowed to bring weapons, even though we're an open carry state. And while I would normally say, well, this sounds like a job for the NRA, at this point, we know who they're talking to because the majority of the people at the protests across the country are Black people. So... So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. So when you that, can you can take you can take eighty k AK forty sevens and stand on the steps to Subway. I'm so confused. To Subway. 
to ask for a haircut, to demand a haircut, but people want you to stop killing them without any type of ramifications, and you all of a sudden can't take your weapon to defend yourself? Yeah, that sounds like it's illegal. Um, if NAGA is going to be the black version of the NRA, I really need them to, to step it up and get on that. Yo, dude, I'll be honest. Yeah, they the are. The only time I they ever are. heard of NAGA is when y'all brought it up and I was saying, oh, that's my NAGA, that's my NAGA. But the only time I ever heard of it is when you brought it to my attention. I've never even heard of that until y'all brought it up. Yeah. Well, as somebody who just purchased, who recently purchased a gun. <laughs> yeah, I got plenty of guns, you know I what I'm saying? And I still never heard of NAGA. The pawn shop that sold me my last nine didn't say anything about you should join That's NAGA. But which They're not going to tell was you. Was it black owned? Was it black owned? Uh, no, it's on national. On um. See. On um. Yeah, no. I, right I there, there by phone. you. I bought mine from a black owned gun shop. I didn't know we had such a thing. I get all my guns from the pawn shop. No, they got a shooting range and everything. Yeah, we oh. don't have any black owned gun shops down here where I live at, but they're I'm definitely willing to travel. I bet you got some pawn shops though. You got some pawn shops though, right? 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 Yeah, I guess, but. It is what it is, but I'll typically buy like online or something like that and then go pick it up from an authorized location. You you have yeah. to have it delivered there. But yeah. um yeah, or Academy. I like Academy. Um we have like Academy stores down here, but I wish we did have more more black. So they went stuff. and but, banned the AK, but guess what? A shit wasn't registered any fucking way. Uh oh But that's a I well we all we already know gun reform. This is it already taking shape. Which was, if you want gun reform, encourage black people to buy guns. Because now all of a sudden you're curbing the use of guns. But unfortunately, I don't think this is legal. So Mercedes, you were starting to say that you think they are stepping up, or had had you read or heard something about that? Um, I remember a few um, was about like a couple weeks ago. You had posted something in the group about it, mm -hmm. and me personally, I didn't. I, I knew of the organization, but I didn't know many people that was a part of it. But I have a lot of black friends who just love guns. So I reached out to a few of them and I was like, you know, as a gun owner uh, with plenty of guns myself, what do you guys think about this? One of my friends is part of it. I think it's okay. like $499 a year to be a part of it. Or is, like it that. is expensive, yeah. but whatever. Yeah. It sounds, it's worth it. Right. If and so what um, doing, if those are the types of initiatives they work on. Right. But see, the thing is to be part of that organization, you also have to go through another organization, which is not black owned. It's pretty much the general. Um, is what is it called? I can't remember what it's called. Like I have my CWP and everything, but there's another part that I would have to go through to become part of that organization, and it's just it's like a U.S. type thing, you know, to be, I guess, certified or whatever. You have to actually go through that and take that class, even if you got your CWP for your state. So um, they're they're stepping stone stepping stones, but they're not all just you know, I mean, black owned. So. Mm -hmm unfortunately so you got to go through a lot to get to it but once you're in it you're in it right so yeah and, and i mean you know i mean everybody knows it's part of history when uh gun uh gun control became a big thing in california when the black panthers started taking up arms you know patrolling the streets with you know with, with their long guns and everything like that. and then gun control stepped up after that you know you know what i mean so it's not just something that people say on a meme that if more African-Americans started taking up gun ownership, that they would strengthen gun laws. It's, it's happened before. 
you know, it's definitely happened before. So I, and like I said, I'm not a gun owner. I'll probably never be a gun owner, but at the same time, I do not discourage responsible gun ownership. You know, I, I know people who have, uh, one of my friends, her son, you know, learned to shoot since he was like, uh, like 10 years old, but you know, his grandfather, when he trained him was basically like, look, this is not a toy. You know, they mm-hmm. put that in their heads at a young age that these are not toys. These, you know, these can take lives. <clears throat> I think, uh, I think any, anything you teach a child should be taught that way. Uh, my father taught me how to drive. Like you think about something that could kill somebody when used wrong or incorrectly, you know, he taught me how to drive when I was like 10. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that's a good age to start if you're old enough and mature enough to comprehend. Yeah, I think it depends on your kid. It depends. You have to know your kid, but yeah. Um, and I think I think most of the accidents in the home, when when there is irresponsible gun ownership, are coming from people who don't have guns in the home. So, like, if your kid has a sleepover or something like that, then that's where crazy things happen because they don't they don't know how to be responsible with the gun. But my thing is, if I were a parent, I'm, I don't understand how people just let their kids sleep wherever and don't ask those types of questions. Is there a gun in the home? Hell, are there any convicted sex offenders in your home? I need to know. Or even accused. Shit like that. Just ask the right questions, but and you know what's funny we never really had to ask questions like that and i i say in my day like i'm 78 years old but in my day we didn't (laughs) we didn't really i mean it's not like my parents weren't suspicious of other people when we used to go over their houses but they didn't have to know everybody that we knew i mean and and here's the thing if usually if kids were friends their parents would eventually become friends anyway you know it's see the thing is i feel like a matter of fact you know, Social media has really shown a light on how dumb people really are. I think people were just more likely to give you the benefit of the doubt because of what was happening within the confines of your own four walls. But now we see like within the confines of your own four walls, people are doing all types of dumb shit. Not washing their legs, not washing their feet, not washing their chicken, uh, just being clean, uh, like unclean people. And then on top of that, you're an all lives matter person like you know what I mean like you just have to know what types of (laughs) conversations to have with people um, based on your own values to make sure that your kid is not exposed to all the dumb shit so you don't fuck them up yeah man kids are stupid as hell these days (laughs) well I I I mean I don't want to I don't want to go into the weeds on this but I mean well who who can blame them based on some of their parents (laughs) that and the influence of media and the lack of parenting based on the cultural Shift. Yeah, I mean. Well, this is the this is the problem as a parent for myself. I don't want my kids to hate anybody. Unfortunately, I have to feed them the truth and reality of who they are. That the person you see in the mirror is not necessarily what society sees. So they have to carry themselves a certain type of way once they get outside my household, once they become adults. And it's actually scary as fuck if you think about it. So it's just just like when you guys were just talking about guns. I've already taken my oldest two to the gun range. They know how to handle a gun. And progressively, as the other three get a little bit older, I'm gonna start taking them too. So you gotta, you gotta instill. Uh, I can't do that. Yeah, uh, well, <laughs> well, well, in the state of South Carolina, which I don't know how it is anywhere else, but as long as the child is tall enough to see, it's almost like you know, tall enough to ride a roller coaster. But as long as they can 
their I think their chest is over the um, bar at the shooting range. You can take okay. them or whatever in the booth. And my oldest is 14, and then my other one is 11, and then my other one is right behind them, 10, 8, 7. So, yeah, they'll be next. It's just I don't want my kids to be ignorant to something that other parents may not have, you know, chose to tell their kids. Like you said, they go to a sleepover, they see a gun. Hey, my mama don't play that. We got a hundred guns in the house, and we don't move a gun. You go in the opposite direction. So you have you don't want. And to I'm gonna report your mama for ignorant. not putting the trigger lock on. Exactly. My kids ain't ignorant to that type of stuff. So if every household is different. Everybody raise their kids different. Everybody do things differently. But it's our it's your job as a parent to teach them exactly what they need to know, so they won't be ignorant out here in this world. And, and again, each version, each generation is more whitewashed than the previous version. These these kids just don't have the strength, the stout that previous versions have had. I bet you the motherfuckers out the seventies and sixties, them some hard motherfuckers compared to the eighties and nineties. And these damn two thousand babies, they flimsy as shit. <laughs> I, I I will say this as a, as a child who grew up in the in the seventies and eighties. I don't know how I don't have brain damage because we used to ride bikes, jump curbs, go to construction sites, ride around, no helmets, no pads, no nothing. And it's not like we never fell. <laughs> yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. Same. I was born in the 80s and the 90s raised me. So it was one of them things where we just did everything. This generation is soft as hell. But you know what? It, they also face more dangers. It's not, I mean, we used to see that stranger danger stuff. We say on they face more dangers, but this shit was, it's, I think it just might, we just have more exposure to it because of social media. Shit ain't changed. Yeah. Kids are still getting molested like they was back in the day. Bitches was getting pregnant at 13, 14 years old back in the day. This ain't no new shit. It's just, it's more, in the past we were protected because we lived in villages or groups of people that looked like us. Now we're more diverse and more integrated and that's the damage that's been done. Well, I mean, I put it like this. I grew up in a mixed neighborhood around all types of kids. And I I see that as more of a benefit than a detriment. But then again, uh, if you, somebody, I mean, but then again, I grew up in that way in New York. It might not and then, be that and that's fine. Yeah, New York is more multicultural, more diverse in that way. But it then might, something pop off, and then they break off into their sex, and then you on your solo tip because you was hanging with Whitey, and Whitey get, gang up on your ass like, oh, all of a sudden. I mean, I was cool with this white boy named Toby. You remember Toby, son? I was cool with this white boy named Toby. <laughs> and me and Toby was cool all the way up into high school when we went into different sets. And we wasn't cool no more. We had different different associations. And then after, after a while, we became enemies because of those associations. You dig? But when we was coming up, his mama used to take me to the to the damn beach, to water skiing, to the park, to all this shit. You know what I'm saying? Cause you know, that's, that's white people shit. That's what they do, right? But as soon as high school hit, it was a whole new ball game. You did. I, I'll put it like this: I just have a different experience because all my friends, no matter you know what race they were, the same friends I've had since. Actually, I was just on the phone with a friend of mine um, before we started today. We've been. Dude, just, you from Long Island, right? I'm from Long Island. We yeah, that shit don't count. Yeah, we were, we've been friends since we were in grade school. And now, like 30, almost 40 years later, we're still friends, you know? So, you ain't got no filter. Yeah. <laughs> like, at all. I'm in a grocery store right now. I'm over here about trying not to laugh out loud. I'm so stupid. But I mean, but I mean, everybody has a different experience. So I, I have to keep that in mind. I mean, and not just our crew here, but other people. They, I mean... Like I said, if I grew up in South Carolina during that same time, I might not have that same perspective. You know, just be, especially if I grew up in South Carolina in the 70s, as opposed to growing up there now. 
So. But I mean, you got people like uh, like Donald Trump, right? Our our our, our handsome orange, glowing orange boy that's on the screen. I will say this: he is one of the. I mean, I know my friends were calling us out like, "Oh, you keyboard warriors! I'm going out there in the riots." You know, what are you doing? I'm like, look, I'm 67 years old, man. I ain't trying to be out there in no riots. What am I doing? 67? Goddamn! I thought you were 40 something. <laughs> I, I was joking with my friend earlier. I'm like, every time people, ask, every time I say something like that, I'm just gonna add like eight years in my age. Two years from now, I'll be like, I'm 176 years old, man. I ain't got time for this. But what am I gonna do? Call Uber to the to the riot? How am I gonna get home? You think they're gonna come back out there when everything's burnt, when everything's on fire? Nah, you know. But uh, I, but I look at it like this, right? When they had the, when they had the uh, the protests in D.C., they put Trump in the bunker, you know. So when Trump is on stage, surrounded by his his MAGA chuds, he's like super macho man up there. But when the when the, the smallest hint of danger comes around, they put him in the bunker, you know. He is basically I, I don't even know how to. He talks so tough, but when it comes time to at least just stand in the face of a little bit of danger. And I'm not, I mean, it's not like aliens are invading or the Russian army is, well, the Russian army would be helping Trump, but you know what I mean? It's not like, uh, you know, like real, honest to goodness danger. It's protesters, right? And they put him in the bunker. Here's what Trump was talking about when it came to the riots, okay? This is a tweet from, uh, from May 28th. He says, I can't stand back and watch this happen to a great American city, Minneapolis. A total lack of leadership. <laughs> Trump talking about lack of leadership. Holy Jesus, God in heaven. He says, he says, either the very weak radical left mayor, Jacob Frey, get his act together and bring the city under control, or I will send in the National Guard to get the job done right. He says, these thugs, and he capitalized thugs, mind you. These thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd. Let me stop right there for a second. Donald Trump doesn't give two scores of piss about George Floyd. And as far as I know, he hasn't said anything about George Floyd outside of the, the, the concept of the riots. But anyway, he says, uh, these thugs are dishonoring the memory of George Floyd, and I won't let that happen. Just spoke to Governor Tim Walz and told him that the military is with him all the way. He says, any difficulty and... And we will assume control, but, and here's the key part, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Now, somebody on the news uh, found out where that phrase came from. That came from, I think there were riots back in Miami, like in 68 or 69. And that's what their officials were saying. That, that was their catchphrase. When the, looting starts, when the looting starts, the shooting starts. Trump always manages to find the most racist phrases and then just regurgitate them and just bring them back into, into modern day. So he's finding like racist state officials from the 60s and then bringing their words into, into 2020, you know. But we all know that, you know, I, I mean, he, I, I, can't yeah. say, I can't even say he talks a good game. You remember the, when he was running for president, somebody came up on the stage and Trump, like, he literally almost shit his pants running behind his, his, uh, his guards on the stage. He was like, uh, uh, uh. you know, he's, he's, not, he's not a tough guy. But if you hear him talk, like, you remember when, uh, when he had that school shooting in one of the school shootings? There's been so many. I don't mean to trivialize it, but there's been a lot of them. And Trump actually told reporters that uh, even if he didn't have a gun, he would have went in there to go after the, to go after the shooter. Now, nobody thought that was true. 
don't think Trump's own children thought that was true. But that's just the way he that's just the way he talks. You know, he talks a, he talks a good game, but when it comes time to put it all put it all out there, he's he's gonna run to the bunker. You know. And of course he'll probably say that, oh yeah, well, you know, my people need to keep me safe. Keep you safe from what? I mean, were, were they trying to bring down the gates of the White House to come get you? Was it like Batman, uh, was it like the, the Dark Knight Rises where they were pulling rich people out of their homes and killing them on their front lawns? No, hadn't gotten to that point. So Trump going in his bunker, he's just a little pussy. That's all there is to it. He talks, talks, talks that, that super macho man crap. And then when it comes time to it, he's like a scared little baby running to a little bunker. You know. And here's the thing. If he was any other politician, I wouldn't be giving him shit for that. But then again, other politicians don't talk half the shit that Trump does. That's the reason why, why I single him out for that. And then what did Trump do during all that time, right? Instead of addressing the nation with, you know, aside from just addressing just tough talk and making matters worse, do you think the National Guard is going to make things better in this situation? Or do you think it's going to make it worse? I think it'll make it worse. Yeah. You know it's going to make it worse. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what Trump, that, that's Trump's forte. That's what he's great at, making things worse. Speaking of making things worse, um, Trump basically vetoed a student loan forgiveness bill. Now, this is a little bit misleading, so I, I want to put some context to this, okay? This student loan forgiveness bill has nothing to do with anything that came out of the, the, uh, the, the stimulus package for, for COVID-19, right? And I should probably made, have made that more clear when I was reading that story about it. So this is also from Forbes.com. Uh, In a widely expected move, Trump vetoed congressional legislation that would have overturned a key student loan forgiveness rule drafted by the U.S. Education Department under the leadership. <laughs> the leadership. Oh, Forbes, you're so funny. Uh, the leadership of Education Secretary Betsy DeVos. In March, the U.S. Senate voted 53 to 42 to overturn a new student loan forgiveness rule introduced by Betsy DeVos that critics argue limits student loan forgiveness for students when a college closes due to fraud, okay? All Senate Democrats and 10 Republicans voted on a bipartisan basis. The House of Representatives overturned the rule in January by a vote of 231 to 180, right? The student loan forgiveness rules are known as borrower defense to repayment, which allows students to have their federal student loans forgiven if a school employed illegal or deceptive practices to encourage the student to borrow debt to attend the school. Without these rules, students are potentially on the hook to repay federal student loans even if they didn't find gainful employment or finish their degree before their school is closed. The original rules were issued during the Obama administration. However, DeVos rewrote the rules to narrow the requirements to receive student loan forgiveness. Okay. Now, also, too, one of the one of my white uh, classmates, former classmates, who survived the purge. Just to be clear, mm -hmm. um, he is a he was he's former military he works at the va currently i didn't even know this until he posted about this about this veto and um he's friends with a lot of trump supporters but i know that that's not the energy he's on uh, which is why he survived the purge but 
it was very interesting to see the people in the comments telling him that he was wrong, um, that Trump is their only savior, and that he's the one who's blind and should open up his eyes. But he actually provided a very diplomatic response. And that's how I learned that he um, works at the VA currently, because I knew he was in the military. But he was like, yeah, I, I went to school. I did. He was like, I did, quote unquote, did my time. Like, I went to the military serve my country but I went to school on you know on the premise that like I wouldn't have to incur so much debt you know and he was like uh, and he was like I know a lot of people in this situation and he was like this is wild and it's so crazy that the Trump supporters in one breath will say thank you for your service but fuck you in the other in the next breath you know fuck your feelings fuck your financial circumstance you're asking for too much your generation is lazy uh, wow. Yeah, I, I and I, I don't like when they when they do that. So, I mean, as a generation Xer, I feel more connected to uh millennials and Gen Z than I do to baby boomers. You know? I mean, if you really think about it, and not on an individual mm-hmm. basis, but on on a whole level, baby boomers were like locusts, okay? They were handed the keys mm-hmm. to the kingdom and they basically it's like those old uh those old jungle movies where somebody's running from the natives and they run across the rope bridge and what they do, they cut the rope bridge so no one else can, can, can come through. Right? Yeah. That's and that's basically why. what he said. He was like, your generation has all of these benefits that my generation will never get to enjoy, but right. we're the lazy entitled ones. Like get the fuck out of here. He was too nice to say that, but that's what I would have said. Basically. I mean, I, I would get kicked. I mean, I don't join a lot of Facebook groups cause I get kicked out of a lot of Facebook groups because I'm just like, look, uh, your opinions are stupid, and here's why. <laughs> and just put and just back it up with just facts, because I, I got kicked out of a group, out of a bunch of uh neoliberals. Oh, they couldn't wait to get rid of me. But I was just like, word, is this how we do things now? And I, I, I was just a, a total dick bag in that thing, you know. And yeah, I, I told a couple people, okay, boomer, and they didn't like that either. <laughs> I just did to get under their skin. But, you know, they were like these Bernie-hating uh, neoliberals. And, like, every negative article they could find about Bernie, they would post. And then when I would just post something about Joe Biden and the fact that he doesn't know where he is right now, they would get mad at me. But what are you going to do, you know? Uh, it's, it's all about checking the facts. You know, you got to check them on the facts. You can't just come out and just say something. You gotta spit the facts. And the thing is, you have people like Trump who know nothing about facts, who just say what they want to and don't want to be checked on it, right? I'll tell you this about Trump's battle with Twitter. Uh, It's absolutely ridiculous. And then here's the thing. You figure Trump basically shuffled his feet on the whole COVID-19 thing. 100,000 people died that didn't have to die. Now, like I said, COVID-19 is a highly contagious airborne disease. There is no way we weren't going to lose 10, 20, 30,000 people in this. There was no way. Okay? And I know I say unless, those... Unless, like, like I'm counting. Had a, unless there was some sort of magical task force that could have predicted that this would come and then could have said, oh, you know what? We need to mitigate our losses here. I mean, where would you I find mean, a task force like that? I mean, it's not like the previous president made such a task force that was defunded by the current organization. I mean, you would have thought. You would have thought. Thanks, Obama. Yeah. I, I, I mean, what kind of a fucking moron would 
take a task force that was already put in place and just disband it because a pandemic didn't happen. That's like saying, you know what? We haven't had a fire here in four years. Do we really need a fire department? Why are we paying these firemen to just sit around and wait for a fire? You know why? Because I'm running this country like a business. Every time I hear somebody say that, I just want to crush their windpipe. And, and I do. And, and I feel, you know, I'm not an ogre like that, but, I, but that's how angry I am. Like, you know, America needs to be run like a business. Let me ask you a question. What business out here is being run that makes you go, yeah, that, that works? You got Elon Musk. He's literally started his own, his, he literally started his own space program. He's so rich. Tell me again why America should be run like a business. When, especially with the world's worst businessman. <laughs> Let me ask you a question. Who the fuck thinks, you know what, I should sell my stakes on a sharper image. You know what I should do? I should buy some stationery, uh, a fancy pen, and, and a porterhouse. What kind of a moron does that? Sell stakes on a sharper image. That's your guy who you want America to run like a business. But the problem is he surrounds himself with nonsensical, glad-handing, douchebag yes-men who don't want to tell him anything. And when people tell him something, he gets mad. Case in point, Twitter. Donald Trump has been on Twitter for years. And I'm not just talking about as president. Since before he was president, just talking outside of his ass all day long. He's the president now. Um, Hassan Minaj made a point. When the president is up at 3 a.m. tweeting, right, putting out like, you know, 18, 20 tweets an hour, starting at 3 o'clock in the morning, just know he is 100% sober. No alcohol on this man. And yet he still has the urge to get up at 2 o'clock in the morning and start tweeting. And he's I just think it's funny that, uh, that he's up there tweeting. And usually, like, I'm pretty confident that Barack Obama never tweeted. Like, he might have approved the tweets, but I don't think he ever tweeted. But we know that this is, like, coming from his account. Yeah. I don't think he would ever relinquish control to let somebody else tweet for him yeah. um, to ensure grammatical correctness or diplomacy or anything like that. I don't think he would ever allow that. I think it's always him behind the keyboard, too. Um <sighs> But yeah, shout out to the GOAT who was at Twitter and shut that account down briefly, if only for a moment in time. Yeah, I mean... I know he lost his shit, and it was so funny to me. It's like, dude, you're using someone else's <laughs> platform to spew your hate. Like, I feel like if you really wanted to get your message across and to people that care about what you have to say, why don't you send it to your subscribers? Put it on your website. Let them go to your website every day. At least that's your own platform. You see what I'm saying? But he has to make sure that he is on Twitter because he wants people to retweet and like and share or whatever. Or you know how Twitter works. But yeah, he cares about being seen and us knowing that he's seen. I mean, half of Trump, I mean, I won't say half. That's a little bit much, but a good number of Trump's uh, subscribers are bots in the first place. So it's not like there are some people who hire companies and they get bots and they get people to subscribe to them so they can build. Oh, absolutely. And Obama still has what, like double the amount of subscribers that, uh, (laughs) that Trump has. He's not even president no more. (laughs) So this is from Politico. Okay. 
President Donald Trump is expected to sign an executive order aimed at social media companies Thursday. This is from a couple of days ago, okay? White House Press Secretary Kaylee, I don't know, the, the blonde chick, told reporters Wednesday evening uh, a move that comes as the president and his allies have escalated their allegations that companies like Twitter and Facebook stifle GOP voices. Basically, what they're saying is, please, ra- please listen to my racist nonsense, okay? But it said the, the announcement revived fears within the online industry that the Trump administration will target a 1996 statute that protects the companies from lawsuits, an avenue that a growing number of Republican lawmakers are advocating as they press their bias accusations about Silicon Valley. The statute has helped tech, tech giants earn many billions of dollars from users from their tweets posts, likes, photos, and videos with limited legal liability while giving them broad leeway to remove material that they consider objectionable. I'm gonna stop right there for a second. I will say this, I would say I, I do, and I was, telling, I was joking with my friends, like I really need to make a second Twitter account just to have fun. So I could follow like The Rock and Tom Hanks, you know what I mean? And then just put up fun yeah. You know, my, my Twitter account is just all grit and grime and, and seriousness and me just yelling at politicians I don't like. Like yelling at Amy Klobuchar when she tries to tweet about the riots. And I'm like, you started this because you didn't put that man in jail when you had a chance. So that's my Twitter account. But um, I have said some off-color things and I've never got called on it, Right. I try not to go too far because these are still people, but I've gotten on people before. But the only time I ever get blocked is when people report me. Like, for instance, I called Candace Owens a bedwench, and that cost me a day on Twitter. I called, um, I suggested that uh, Ivanka get Jared a gift for, uh, for an anniversary, which is a murder-suicide. That cost me a week on Twitter. But it's usually when people report you, and usually the people who are quick to report you, Republicans. So when they talk about uh, free speech, you know, it's basically they want their speech to be free and your speech to be checked. But anyway, uh, we're almost out of time, but so let me let me finish this up. Um, these platforms act, and this is somebody from the Trump administration talking about this. These platforms act like they are potted plants when in reality, they are curators of user experiences. Uh, the man behind the curtain for everything we can see or hear. Uh, the, the person said that the order, which was described as a broad and high level, would address complaints that the online platforms are deceiving people by picking and choosing what content to allow or block instead of acting as politically neutral platforms or moderators. Now, here's my thing about that, right? You remember when they had conservative, uh, what was it, uh, conservapedia? So the conservatives had their own Wikipedia? I don't even know if it still exists, but like I'd, I'd say like five, mm-hmm. six years ago, they started their own conservative version of Wikipedia. Or, or they have like their own conservative dating sites. Because they were tired of getting rejected by liberal women. I don't even know why they want to date liberal women. You know? Right. But my thing is this. Uh, first of all, the, the, the fact that if Trump thinks that that executive order is not going to get challenged 10 ways a Sunday, he's an idiot. Well, we know he's an idiot. But 
he's basically just acting out. He was mad because when he did his tweet about uh, about mail-in voting, right, which people had which they've been doing for decades. Matter of fact, in Florida, the state that he moved to, everybody has the option to do mail-in voting if they want to. So if you want to do mail-in voting, you could just request a ballot and then you could just mail it in, right? Um, matter of fact, Trump's uh, press secretary, somebody called her out. They found out, they pulled her voting records. They found out that she's voted by mail 11 times. Right. That's not a made up number. She's voted by mail 11 times, but she's out there parroting Trump and saying that it's, you know, it's, it's, you know, full of fraud and all that stuff. Trump's like, they're going to be breaking to your mailbox. It is exceedingly difficult to do uh, fraud by mail. As mail-in voting goes. Extremely difficult to do, right? And even if you do, how many votes do you think you're going to get? You're going to put in that one extra vote? Come on. That's absolutely ridiculous. You have more of a chance of tampering with voting machines than you do with tampering with uh, with uh, in-mail voting. But when they, um, when Trump talked about it, how it was rife with fraud, Twitter fact-checked them. And they put a link below it about, you know, the truth about uh, mail-in ballots. And Trump lost it. And then, oh, and also that tweet that I had read earlier about the when the shooting starts, the looting starts. Basically, they, uh, they flagged that tweet, but because he's the president, they couldn't take it down. But they flagged it. And they let people know, hey, this is out of bounds. Because he's inspiring his, his, his fans to start shooting looters. Right. So it's it's absolutely amazing how the way to get Trump to act is to annoy the shit out of him. Like if any I mean, people are suffering, people are dying. Trump is just out there, you know, pining away from the days that he could do rallies. But if you annoy him, he will automatically get to his empty desk. (laughs) His desk never has any papers on it and write an executive order to quote unquote, make things right. So I, I will have to say this, every time I see articles where they're like a Trump presidency is over, I'm like, y'all full of shit. Because they've been saying this presidency has been over since like 2017 and yeah, he's still there. So if he's not getting voted out, I mean, I hate to see what would happen in his next four years. Cause this four years has been the stuff of legend. And I don't mean legend like a pro wrestling legend or a basketball legend. I mean, like legendary failure, like failure that's so legendary, like you can't even you can't even parody it because it's already a parody of itself. I will say one thing before we wrap up. I, I saw the the world's dumbest uh, newscaster because I forgot what state it was in, but they looted the Cheesecake Factory, and you can see the Cheesecake Factory in the background and people going in and out of Cheesecake Factory as it was being looted. And some chick was walking down the street with a cheesecake, like an entire cheesecake. She had a mask on and she was just walking down the street like she bought it. And the newscaster was literally like, I wonder where she got that cheesecake from. And I was like, are you serious right now? From the cheesecake factory in the background with the broken windows and people crawling in and out of it. That's where she got it from. And from what I hear, you have to actually go to like journalism school to be a journalist. (laughs) Sometimes it just does not seem like it. 
<laughs> at all. Mercedes, what are your final thoughts? Um, pretty much just very vague. Just stay safe out here because we have a long way to go. We really do, and in, in a lot of different ways. So, this is uh, it's the beginning of the summer. Um, I've I've always noticed that that's the trend. I've noticed it at least ten years ago that when people started to come out, interactions with police are always going to go up. People are agitated. It's hot, um, typically, and you got to be careful. This week, <laughs> while I have been saying for the past several months, stay your ass home. Um, if you about that life, don't stay home. Actually, speak up, protest do something um if you can if you're so moved then take your ass out to the streets but put your mask on when you do <laughs> please please we don't need another spike um i've noticed too that they actually have started um like i noticed like they were, like the very next day after the initial protest news and observer said oh there's an immediate spike in numbers and i was like didn't y'all hoes tell us that it takes two weeks for those tests to come back if anything to me it sounds like the numbers from the subway protesters and all of those people um are the ones that are contributing to any numbers we see now so please don't fall for the hype and think that oh there's a correlation between being out in the streets protesting on some Black Lives Matter stuff means that all of a sudden you're going to get corona. That's just not how it works. It doesn't work that fast. I, Based on what I saw, we wear masks, not very well. We, you know, kind of, I saw some of, even like the news reporters had them on like ill-fitted condoms. I was like, whoo, that's, that's how people end up getting pregnant. I see that now. Yeah. <laughs> not wear. <laughs> but, um, you know your size. <laughs> yeah, you got to know your size or like the stretched out that's not working. Um, but yeah, don't, don't fall for the hype. Just wear your mask. Um, and that's, that's all I can say. If you're so moved, then don't stay your ass home. Not, not when it comes to this, but stay your ass home otherwise. Mr. Blue, what are your final thoughts? She said she said everything I want to say. I think she stole some of my script. So if you haven't already, please subscribe to the Urban Breakdown Podcast. Featuring hit shows such as Politics with Mercer Prescott and his band of eclectic cronies. It's available on all streaming platforms except iHeartRadio, even though O's Odyssey is on iHeartRadio. Hmm. Including YouTube, you can go listen via flip phone or home phone at 1-857-385-7045. That's the Urban Breakdown Podcast. And we's out.